With the score strategy, Metro wants to extremely accelerate the company's growth. The Toba boost for Metro's growth engine is the online business and the e-commerce platform Metro Markets. By 2030, Metro Markets' annual sales are expected to grow to 3 billion euros. And how Metro Markets plans to pick up speed to achieve this ambitious goal is what you will learn in this episode of More Podcast Wholesale to the Max. I'm Bernd Rodde from the Internal Communications Department at Metro AG and I've been working for Metro for over 18 years now and if you say that's quite a long time then I'd like to introduce you to a colleague who has been with us for even a couple of years longer. He has spent more than half of his life at Metro. At the age of 19 he started at Metro Cash and Carry at the department head of Frozen and Meat. A few years later he built up the online shop at Real and since 2018 he is leading as CEO our online marketplace Metro Markets. I warmly welcome Philipp Blome. Hi Philipp. Hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> Great to have you here at More Podcasts, Philipp. And thank you for inviting me to be your guest today at the Metro Markets headquarters about 10 kilometers east of the Metro Campus in Düsseldorf to record this podcast with you. Philipp, when people call you the Jeff Bezos of Metro... <laughs> How do you feel about that? Uh, then perhaps I need to smile. Huh? And uh, if I would be Jeff Bezos, then I would be retired or have been retired <laughs> uh, and just take care of my hobbies flying to the moon yeah. or to the Mars even. Okay. I think uh, we're not there. But obviously when you need to explain what we are doing with a very small number of words, then it's always good to yeah. make the comparison with Amazon. Mm, and basically say we built the Amazon for the Horeca business. Yeah, and to also feel a bit like a startup founder, because at least there are some things in common, right? Yeah, I mean, to consider Amazon today as a startup is perhaps the wrong thing. They're one of the most valuable companies yeah. in the world. Yeah, I mean, what we did here, we built something uh, from scratch. I was employee number one. That is true. And so I basically went through everything from organizing the coffee machine, the first chairs, up to the offices, now <laughs> the warehouses, uh, building the team, all these kind of things. Yeah, that has definitely something of managing a startup. I never managed a real startup where you need to take care of the investment, yeah. Yeah, which is perhaps one of the mm. most challenging and the most important part of a real startup CEO or founder because here we do this in close alignment with Metro and Metro is our one and only mm. kind of investor that's perhaps the biggest difference yeah yeah so what your company Metro Markets is all about and what its business model looks like in detail that's what we want to talk about today at more podcast and we will learn what enormous growth potential there is in the online business and what significance this has for the score strategy of Metro, but also what special identity and culture Metro Markets has. And I can already spoil that a well-known film star will play a certain role <laughs> in this regard. In addition, as always, there are two sections with which we would like to find out something about you personally. Philip, our little questionnaire, what scores for you? And we are already looking forward to your sound souvenir, Philip, and are curious to see or to hear What special sound you've prepared for us. But first, I would like to hear more about Metro Markets and also about the contribution Metro Markets is making to achieving our score goals, because it undoubtedly has a special significance as Metro's online business for our score strategy, which is, 
as we all know, based on three pillars, stores, delivery, and the online business. Philip, from your point of view, what has changed in recent years to make e-commerce one of Metro's major growth areas? Yeah, I think you can have two perspectives on that. One is the pure market perspective. And uh, obviously, the e-commerce market in the last year grew significantly, not only in B2C, but also in B2B. And when you look into research studies, basically, they all forecast that B2B e-commerce will outperform in terms of market size and volume significantly the B2C part. That's the one dimension. I think when you look into this from the internal dimension, yeah, we kicked off Metro Markets four years ago. I just said I was employee number one. Uh, we launched nine months later the first version of the platform and then built, I would say, now a company with already 100 million plus revenue, already a strong partner, for example, of our international sourcing office in Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. So it also starts to pick up internally. So I think we have these two point of views, plus we set up a new strategy. And then obviously, that is one of the gross uh, dimensions also for Metro. And I think that's why it's now part of the uh, score strategy. Uh, and we have three votes. Mm. And we, obviously, we are here very happy <laughs> about that. Yeah. And uh, I think it also makes the team kind of proud that we achieved that in three years or yeah, so yeah. to have such an important part of the strategy. Yeah, yeah. What I've learned so far is that Metro Markets is more than a web shop. It's a so-called platform-based business. What does that mean exactly, Philip? Yeah, I think the first part is to be clear that Metro Markets, we talk a lot about Metro Markets, but that's a company name and that's an employer brand. Mm -hmm. So what we talk about is we built the e-commerce business, the online business, for the metro brand in the in the countries and it operates in the countries under the local domain mm. that's very important and beside traditional e-commerce so we sell our own products for example our own brands there we are very successful we also open our platform to third-party sellers that means when you're a local gastro dealer or uh, you are a specialist for a certain category relevant for our customers you can register and sell also via that platform. Mm -hmm. So um, now we're back to your first question or statement. Uh, basically, you can compare it or say we want to be the Horeca or the Amazon for Horecas. Yeah. And where do the products come from? From our own warehouse locations or directly from the manufacturer? Yeah, I think we have all kind of options. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we today 50% of the products we sell through our warehouses, and we have three of them: one in Germany, in Mal, mm -hmm. one in uh, or near Madrid, and one near Milano, in Italy. The biggest part of the products sold from that warehouse are our own brands. So more than 50%. So own brands for us is a very important part of the growth strategy. The more dynamic part of growth is when you open the platform for a lot of partners because you distribute the knowledge, you distribute the entrepreneurial spirit, uh, uh, the opportunities, but obviously also the risks. And uh, via that model, you get a lot of different specialists on your platform. And that can be directly manufacturers, that can be dealers, uh, that can be importers, all kind of different partners. And what do we sell ourselves as Metro on Metro Markets and where we are middlemen or intermediaries? 
And to be honest, I think there's not, you cannot say these categories we sell ourselves and these categories are sold by third parties. We have a defined set of categories that's very important so that we really have categories focused on B2B. And then we sell the products. When we have own brands, we sell them. When we have suppliers, they can work with us and we sell them. Or we have so-called sellers and they can register also for all categories. Mm -hmm. And there's not clear cut where you say these categories are more done by sellers. These are more done by uh, traditional suppliers. Yeah. And are there also other differences? So uh, between selling our own product, like own brands, or and selling the products of a seller, of a third-party seller? I mean, to be honest, from there are a lot of differences mm -hmm. in how we work together because the seller for us is also a business partner. So it's not a retail or wholesale supplier relationship. It's a business partner. And basically, we have sales teams to sell our platform to a seller. Mm -hmm. uh, that's, I think, a fundamental change to a traditional retail supplier or wholesale yeah. supplier model where you have a buyer working with a key account from a supplier. We have sales team, yeah. metro market sales teams, who sell our platform to potential partners. So these third-party sellers are customers for us exactly. and suppliers at the same time. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We treat them as customers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we must ensure that it's easy for them to work with us. The less time they need to spend on working with us, the better. The more revenue they do with us, the better, etc. Mm. Yeah? So that's from an administration perspective. Obviously, what is our objective from a platform perspective and customer experience and customer uh, experience is we'd want to try to normalize the experience. It doesn't matter where the product is coming from. The customer should buy on metro.de, macro.es, and should have a good experience. doesn't matter if it comes from our warehouse or from a third-party warehouse. For him, it should not matter at all. Mm. And are there also other differences regarding costs or margin or sales? Yeah, obviously, when you have a traditional uh, wholesale supplier model, we live basically based on the margin we do with a product, like every other retail wholesale model. When you do the seller model, basically the seller pays us a commission to work on our platform. Mm. And... Um, The commission in first instance looks a little bit lower than the margin, but you also have much less costs because you don't have to operate the warehouses. You're not responsible for the last mile, for example. So normally the seller model in mid and long term turns out to be the most profitable and scalable one in comparison to the traditional wholesale model yeah. or retail model. And uh, that is also what you see in the market. Huh? Amazon, I think, or other platforms started with the seller model and nowadays the seller model outperforms the traditional uh, model in terms of growth and share. Yeah, and how many sellers do we already have on, on Metro Markets? Well, that's a good question. I think What about 1,400 okay. alive yeah. Yeah. Uh, partners across the countries. And the nice thing what we try to work on now is that we bring also sellers from one country to the other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that we have one metro platform and when you work with us in Germany we make it very easy for you as a partner to work with us also for example in Netherlands yeah. or uh, in other countries so that is one of the growth drivers okay. in the future yeah interesting Metro's multi-channel approach is about serving store customers 
through the two other sales channels, so delivery and online, and increasing the share of wallet. In this context, how does Metro Markets manage to turn store customers into online customers? What is your approach here? Yeah, I think, first of all, you mentioned one very important thing, and that is increase the share of wallet. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people say we want to bring or convert a store customer to an online customer. Obviously, we also want him to buy online, mm -hmm. but we don't want to uh, change that he no longer buys in the stores and then online. Sure. So our objective is to increase the share of wallet. And all analysis, and we did it now extensively in Germany because there we have all three business models already. We see that the more business models the customer use, the more revenue they do with Metro. Yeah? Yeah, for example, in Germany, You can say a mono-channel customer, so a customer who's only buying in one channel versus a customer who's buying in all channels. It's 8.3 times more revenue. Okay. In Spain, it's, I think, more than uh, 12 or 13 times more revenue. I think that's obvious because a customer has more touch points. We build a closer relation to the customers. And the beauty of the Metro multi-channel strategy is we have different business models to offer to the customer. So he can really work with us in different areas. It's not that we have only one assortment. We sell via different channels. We really can serve different needs of the customer. And I think that's, in comparison to other multi-channel strategies, I know a big advantage because mm. it really gives us opportunity to grow with a customer. Yeah. And now coming back to your question, how do we do it? I mean, obviously, for us, there are different ways to acquire a customer. First, we start to ensure that Metro is visible in the online universe mm -hmm. because every customer starts one or the other customer journey online. And that means normally to simplify it in Google yeah. to search for something. And we now ensure step by step Metro is getting more and more visible in these online customer journeys. On the other hand, we try to obviously be visible at the POS, so in the stores. But we also try to integrate this new service offer more and more also in the one-to-one -one relationships we have with our customers via our salespeople in the field. And there I think we have very encouraging results also because we see that these customers, once they shop for the first time online, they really come back and back and back and love this service of ordering easy at their trusted partner getting the stuff delivered next day or in two days. So that really looks very promising for me that we can build a growth engine if yeah. we professionalize that. Yeah, okay. And this is in general the way how you will grow organically. But Metro Markets also wants to accelerate growth through expansion. Um, you are already in Germany, Spain, Italy and Portugal. Will Metro Markets soon be available in all Metro countries? Obviously, that's a long-term ambition. Yeah. Uh, but what we said in the beginning, our focus should be Europe. And next year, to be very concrete, we have Netherlands and France as the next two countries on the roadmap. And teams are already heavily engaged working together because I think in Netherlands, we will be in February live and France somewhere in the summer. Mm -hmm. Details we need to work on. Yeah. And then I think the country after that will be Poland and all the rest we need to work on then. Say in a couple of months we start to work then on the yeah. next wave and we need to see what we do with all the learnings and how that works. 
but we also need to learn how to build the business, how to accelerate then the business. That's a little bit different from country to country, and we need to ensure that all the, let's say, financial KPIs then go into the right direction to ensure that we build a scalable business model continuously. Yeah, okay. Um, I would like to understand your business model even better. On the one hand, it differs from the store-based cash and carry business. And on the other hand, it differs also from the conventional e-commerce, which is aimed to end consumers. How does that make a difference? To compare with the stores, I think from my perspective, proximity is a key for stores. And then you have decentral stock, so you must have a kind of limited assortment, close proximity to the customer. When you talk about online, you have two main advantages. It doesn't matter if it's B2C or B2B. The product will come to the customer. That's for convenience yeah. perspective, a big advantage. And uh, every minute you save is good. The second thing is online, you have more or less access to an infinite assortment mm. because you can consolidate on platforms. And that's what we do. It's assortment of a lot of partners. Mm. That's what you could never do in an economic way in a store. So that is, for me, the difference between a store and online. Then you have the B2C versus B2B part. First of all, I would say B2C experience drives also expectation in B2B. Mm -hmm. Second, obviously, B2B customers have some specific requirements. And let's start with a simple one, invoice. Yeah. yeah the invoice for the business customer is absolutely crucial for the B2C customer. He normally yeah. perhaps doesn't care. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> payment methods are different. Mm -hmm. Ticket size is different, mm -hmm. which again leads to different payment methods because we have customers who buy for several thousand euros. Normal payment methods allow you perhaps to maximum two, three thousand euro yeah. online payment. So these are differences you need to build into the platform. Huh? And then you can go into more advanced things like reordering, for example, for professional products. Um, but I think the most important thing is that to reflect that the expectation of the customer is driven by B2C experience because that everyone has every day. Mm, yeah. And um, this regard is also my next question because when it comes to online business or e-commerce, certain customer shopping habits go hand in hand with it. For example, price search engines or comparison platforms, very large assortment, fast delivery, possibility to return goods and so on. Do all these requirements also apply to our Metro online business and our customer groups? I think customer expectation in general in B2B is even higher than in B2C. Okay. So customers expect products to arrive at the promised date. If that not happened, you really have a problem because they need these products for, for their, their business. business yeah. huh? So when you, I don't know, order 300 plates for your next catering Mm. And you don't have them, yeah. you have a problem. Mm. Uh, and you have a customer who really has a problem. From marketing perspective, so price comparison, for example, I would say we need to ensure that we use all marketing channels. So we should be visible in price comparison engines or in Google because there are certain customer types who start also for B2B products, their customer journey there. And then it's important as Metro to be visible And we see, for example, 50% of the Horeca customers start their journey via Google. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, and they don't come to metro.de or macro.es just because the website is there. 
No, they go to Google, they search for, for uh, specific a product, product, what they want to buy. Then see, oh, Metro offers that online. And obviously, the, uh, they love then to buy with Metro because it's their trusted brand. They know it. It gives us an, an advantage in conversion in comparison to smaller players, perhaps, in the market. But these channels are also important for us. Yeah, on top, we have these one-to-one channels where we can leverage basically the existing metro infrastructure and network, but the online channels are not neglectable at all. So we now have heard quite a lot about metro markets and later we will also find out what it means to be part of the metro markets family as an employee and what the corporate culture is like here. But now... We want to find out something about you, Philip, in particular, what is important to you, what else are you interested in, and what do you want to achieve personally? And for this, we have our little questionnaire at More Podcast called What Scores for You? So I would say, Philip, let's get started with the first question, okay? Okay. <laughs> Philip, what is your core? Means what special strengths do you have? I mean, what I like to do is I, I love to learn new things. And then I would say I love to connect commercial elements with technology opportunities and build new businesses. Mm -hmm. That's what I did the last 10 years in all my roles. And I think that's what I'm good at. Mm -hmm. In the end, other people always need to judge, obviously. <laughs> yeah. uh, but that's what I like to do. And that's why I have fun and where I create passion and uh, think can motivate people yeah, yeah. to follow mm -hmm. that. Looking at your career, it can't be that bad. <laughs> What small or big goals have you set for yourself? Professional or private? <laughs> I would rather go for private. <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, after talking a lot about professional, so what's private? I mean, obviously what I want to do more is I want to have more time for myself, not only for my family, but even for myself, where I can uh, do sport, where I can relax, recover from all the things happening. Mm. That's one of my big objectives huh? yeah and what is your way of achieving it i mean what i learned is you need to plan all these kind of things yeah? if you just say things will happen mm. it will not happen you need to book time in the calendar for yourself you need to plan it basically otherwise you have no chance huh? but yeah. i'm already good so tomorrow i go skiing for four or five days nice. uh, where you go to austria austria so okay. snow should be enough Yeah, season opening. Season opening, yes. Great, great. Lots of fun for this already. So what milestones do you use to measure your progress in achieving your personal goals? So how do you judge your success? I would say my wife is a good uh, good feedback giver. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And what she's telling you? No, I mean, she is quite straight in terms when I'm too stressed or thinking too much about work versus, uh, okay, I have time for myself, I'm relaxed, I spend more time with the family, so yeah. I would say she is the best feedback yeah. giver. And she tells you the truth when you should come come <laughs> home again <Yeah. laughs> and stop And my working. son, he's calling me yeah. then and saying, now it's time to come home. Yeah, I know that. I've also two kids and when they are calling me, then <laughs> work is over. Yeah. So... Now we know what scores for you, Philip, and what is important to you and what is important and exciting for us. And this podcast is your sound souvenir. And we will hear that towards the end of this episode. And let's all look forward to it. I would like to talk to you further about Metro Markets, Philip, because I think you're not a, so to speak, 
normal metro company, Philip. You already told it when you started Metro Markets in 2018, you were literally on your own. And today, how many employees are there with you now? I think we have approximately 400 employees in the offices. More than half of that are tech people because mm -hmm. our decision and strategy was and is that we own the core part of our business and that is in the end technology. So we don't want to depend on, let's say, external companies there. Uh, we want to have that knowledge in-house. On top, we have obviously the warehouses where we have 100 people at the moment. Yeah. And that grows basically then with the business and the number of countries, number of orders, etc. And the most important thing is that people work really close together. So we try really to bring people together to work as one team and not in silos and give people context why we do certain things. And yeah. that's super important. And you have one office here in Düsseldorf, uh, obviously, which is a very nice one. And you have also an office in, in Spain, right? Yes. We have two offices, one here and one in Spain. Yeah. Because it was in Palma de Mallorca. In Palma de Mallorca. <laughs> yeah, we don't go there for holidays. I mean, yeah. that's a standard joke, obviously. <laughs> But it was during the pandemic where we were looking for a lot of software engineers. And we just had the opportunity to take over a very good and highly skilled people there mm -hmm. who worked before in the tourism industry. And that's what we did. Now it's also really successful. Uh, the location is growing. And for us, it's super important because we have native speaking people then in Palma and here for all the different countries. Mm -hmm. And then you have two opportunities and two locations. But the teams work really integrated. It's not that Düsseldorf is the center and this is then the hub. They work really integrated. And Düsseldorf Palma is Uh, yeah, perhaps easier to travel yeah. than Düsseldorf, Munich. Huh? Or yeah. <laughs> When I prepared for this episode, I flipped through your Instagram account a bit and someone came to my attention. Let's call him a very special employee. I already met him when I arrived <laughs> here. He's standing in the hallway. I'm talking about David Heisselhoff, the Hoff, or rather a life-size <laughs> paper display with his picture on it. What is his function or role so at Metro Markets? Metro Markets Instagram account, not mine. <laughs> yeah. um, that's a long story. <laughs> I could say the easy one is perhaps uh, uh, we want to be as night rider for the horeca industry. We mm -hmm. solve the problems for our customers, yeah. invisible. But the true story is, I think, when we started Metro Markets, we were 10, 15 people sitting in the kitchen in the evening, had after work beer, and then talking about different things. And then someone had a friend who could not spell the famous song from David Hasselhoff mm -hmm. after looking for freedom. Mm -hmm. And that's how this all this discussion started. And one day he appeared here in the office and now he is with us and he will remain with us. Yeah. Gets deco <laughs> according to the season of the year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or the mood of the company. Yeah. yeah. I did like a mascot of Metro Markets. Yeah how Metro Markets enriches the entire Metro, not only with its unique identity, but also with its outstanding business model, is what we discovered today. And if you out there want to find out more about Metro Markets and the colleagues who work here, then take a look at the Metro Markets website. There you can find more about the company, the strategy, and also the many funny Instagram posts by and about the people from Metro Markets. And if you are interested in the products of Metro Markets, you can find this on the respective pages of the Metro and Macro countries in which Metro Markets is already active. And Philip, can we as employees actually shop at Metro Markets as well? 
obviously yes everyone yeah. can shop in metro markets and uh, i think for christmas i'm pretty sure there will also be in the different countries different activities uh, with vouchers for employees around the christmas time that's my next question do we get a discount there <laughs> not a permanent discount uh, um <laughs> But their campaigns, that's yeah. what I just said. And I think for Christmas, the different countries plan different yeah. activities. Uh, I don't know all the details because they are different from countries to countries. I'm not 100% sure if that is in every country the case, but I hope so. Not that I promised something wrong now. <laughs> no, you did. <laughs> <laughs> there are some campaigns to also give vouchers to yeah. our employees that they can buy at good discounts. Sounds good. Okay, then you guys out there, buy your pots, pants and everything else only in the online shop of Metro in the future. And I'll copy the links to the online shops uh, for you into the show notes of this episode. And you can see these show notes if you listen to more podcasts via a podcast app. Unfortunately, it does not work on United, but a dedicated podcast app is much better anyway because you can subscribe to more podcasts there. Just enter the keywords, more podcasts, and ideally also Metro in the search bar of your podcast app. Then press the subscribe button and you will never miss any episode of More Podcast. So, Philip, and now I'm very excited to hear what you've brought for us, your sound souvenir, the sound of your core, because every guest here on More Podcast brings a certain sound that gives him inspiration, motivation and the most power to achieve his goals. And now I'm curious, Philip, let us hear what sound did you bring? street and water water sounds good yeah maybe somewhere it's a sea yeah yeah that's true what is it so that's the sound of the ocean that is for me also a good opportunity to recover I love to sit at the ocean, just watching to see, listening to the sounds of the ocean. And that's, for me, a fantastic opportunity to recover, to relax. I can do that for hours. Yeah, that sounds good. Thank you, Philip, for the great sound. And thanks also for your introduction of Metro Markets and for sharing all the secrets of online wholesaling with us. I wish you all the best, Philip. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure to be with you. Yeah, it was a pleasure for me to be here at Metro Markets today. And to you out there, thanks for listening. You will hear me again in the next episode of More Podcast. And in the meantime, listen to the other episodes available on United and everywhere you can listen to podcasts. Have a great time. Bye-bye and take care. <laughs>